1980s pop band The Go-Go's once sang these lyrics in a top 10 song. Vacation all I ever wanted, vacation had to get away, vacation meant to be spent all alone. The chances are that they weren't talking about actually being alone, they just wanted to be away from a jilted lover or a bad friend. But who really knows? And who even remembers the Go-Go's anyway? Well, I do. What they were talking about is a clean, temporary break from reality, from the day-to-day. -day. Wherever you go, there you are. And wherever that is, you can be a completely different person than who you usually are. Not much of a drinker or someone who runs five miles a day. On vacation, you can lay out by the pool drinking umbrella drinks all day. Or are you the kind of person who isn't a risk taker, who acts extremely careful in your regular wholesome milk toast life? Well, then a trip to an exotic locale provides just the opportunity to act completely wild. For inside many regular sedate folks is an extreme sports maniac aching to break free. To spend a few hundred dollars on a moment of unreal adrenaline and flirting with oblivion. Hi, I'm Andy Tate, and this is Welcome to Paradise It Sucks. On this podcast, we relate stories about vacation mishaps. This week's three-story episode is packed with tales about abandonment, too much alcohol, secret gel cells, shower toilets, social media, and termination. And it all happens in one of our most familiar places, a cruise ship. This is not going to be the first time we set sail on the high seas and end up in pure disaster, but these are new spins on cruise ship vacation stories, and trust me, I doubt this episode will be the last time we have folks submitting nautical misadventures. Like most of our stories, these three tales start off on calm waters with excited anticipation. A week on the water, what could go wrong? Well, oftentimes the seas get angry, the storms come in and suddenly, floating on a ship the size of a small city in the middle of the ocean becomes a nightmare. Remember when Leo DiCaprio mistakenly said in the film The Wolf of Wall Street, Chop? We can handle a little chop. Well, apparently these folks couldn't handle a little chop either. So here we go. It's 2017. Cruise ships haven't been forced to stay out to sea for COVID purposes just yet. The scariest thing at the time was the Zika virus, and Americans were cruising more than ever. So strap on your life jackets, bring your Dramamine, and get ready for the Midnight Buffet. This is Welcome to Paradise It Sucks, Episode 19, Terror on the High Seas. First up in our trifecta of vacation-based cruise mishap stories, Daniel, who took a high school graduation cruise with two of his best buddies, Cam and Colin. The destination was the Caribbean. The price was high, and the promise of spending the summer at age 18 celebrating their graduation on a cruise ship, well, it was too tempting to say no. So I graduated high school with a 4.0 GPA, and I was heading to Penn State in the fall. Uh, you know, I was very excited to be done with my high school, mainly because, I mean, let's just be honest, it sucked. <laughs> uh, the girls went after the jocks, and I was definitely not a jock. Uh, I was more of a nerd. Nerd alert! But I knew things would change when I got to college. I had two best friends, Cam and Colin. They weren't really jocks either. We were a little bit like the outcasts of the school, and we just sort of partied a little bit on the weekends and played video games, did that sort of thing. We hung out, 
but we weren't like going to the, you know, football games or anything like that. Um, we just knew there was more out there, especially once we graduated. So we all planned a senior trip for after graduation to take a cruise to the Caribbean. Uh, we were 18. Um, we all had pretty bad fake IDs, but on the international waters, it wasn't going to matter. We just knew we were going to party. And we were hoping that there would be some girls on the ship who were our age. So we weren't stuck with, you know, like a bunch of elderly folks. Because that's the thing about cruises. It's mainly old people. And then there's a few families. And if you're lucky, there's other high school partiers or college kids partying. So that's what we were hoping for. So we board, and the first night, <laughs> we all just got hammered. I mean, we got really drunk, and we went to this bar, and there was a live band doing covers of all these great old songs that we liked, like Journey and the Eagles and American Pie and that sort of thing. And I don't really remember a lot of this, but I got on stage, apparently, and I started singing along with the girl on the keyboards, and like immediately, immediately, the security guard grabbed me and just pulled me off stage, just threatened to send me off the ship and send me home. And I was like, wait, what are you talking about, man? I'm partying. It's my first night. But I didn't know this. Apparently, there are some pretty strict rules on, on cruise ships about stuff like that. So anyway, the girl who was singing was the keyboard player, and she was really extremely cute. And <laughs> she was sort of giggling and staring at me when this all happened. So I was sort of interested. Uh, and after she finished the show... She came over to say hi to me and see if I was okay. And this, I was a little buzzed. I'd started drinking a little water, but I was holding it together. And I asked her if she wants a drink. And she tells me, uh, which I never knew, that all employees of the cruise ship are forbidden to drink while on the ship. So I'm like, what? What is it? How long are you going to be on the ship? You know, how long are you going to be on the cruise? And she says she's performing on the ship for the next four months. And I was like, what? You have to go four months without a beer or a glass of wine it was crazy and she tells me oh i can handle it and you know she's also eventually she's gonna make something like 20 grand for like the four months which is pretty good because you're not really spending a lot when you're out there and she's playing keyboards which she loves to do so anyway i'm like well sorry i can't drink do you want to go to my room and then she tells me sorry uh ship performers are forbidden to have relationships with any passengers no matter what hmm so Cam and Colin are just heckling me. They're telling me to find someone more attainable. And I'm like, all right, fine. So the next day, we go to the pool to look around. But, and I'm telling you, there were just no girls on this ship that were our age. It was like a geriatric love boat. We are the only young people on board. They served the dinner at like 5 p.m. The bars were closing at 9.30. The trip pretty much sucked from the get-go. Uh, and, you know, we did what we could do, and the next day we get to Barbados. Now, Barbados is a tiny U.S. Virgin Island in the Caribbean. It's beautiful. Crystal blue waters and sunshine. Uh, it also happens to be where the pop singer Rihanna is from. Uh, so I'm like, okay, this island is where I'm going to find my Rihanna. I'm going to find my summertime fling, all that sort of stuff. Um, now that, of course, all the cruise ship employees, who were really the only other people on the boat our age, were off limits, we had to go look elsewhere, right? So, anyway, we go to this little bar slash, like, chicken restaurant, and we just start pounding rum drinks. Um, it was, it was great. It was, like, tropical. It was beautiful. Food was delicious. 
And then I met a local girl named Kana, K-H-A-N-N-A, absolutely beautiful. She's like 20, drop dead gorgeous. And she is like, I'll join you for a drink, thick accent, but I understood her. And Cam and Colin and her and I are talking and they sort of noticed, it seemed like she was into me. And I, you know, they were like nodding their heads in approval, like, dude, this is it, this is it. And uh, go have fun, that sort of thing. And me and Kana, we kept talking and kept having some drinks and then Cam and Colin were like, well, we're going to go explore the rest of the island. So I stayed with Kana, and we keep drinking, whatever, all that stuff. Now, <laughs> here's what I should have probably mentioned earlier. The cruise ship has like a strict, super strict boarding policy that basically says if you're not on board at the time the ship door closes, you will be left behind. Okay, so I knew I had four hours before the ship you know took off again uh so i figured look i can hang with this amazing girl and i'll be back on board in no time four hours is a while there's not a lot to do here anyway next thing i know i woke up in a very strange apartment and kana was there and she was holding my neck and she was desperately trying to get me to drink some water i have a raging headache my temples are killing me my back is sore one of my contact lenses is out of my eye and just missing gone so I'm half blind and I start to panic, as you can imagine. I'm like, where am I? Uh, what's going on? And Kana just says in this very deep Barbadian, Barbadian accent, she says, whoa, thank God I didn't know you were going to wake up, which means she thought I might have died in her apartment. And at that point, I look at my, my dying cell phone and it's not within four hours of when I said I would be back on the ship. It's the next day. So I started freaking out. Uh, I was 100% certain that I missed the boat. I knew I was stranded in Barbados. Uh, I asked Kana for a ride. So she gets me on this little like tuk-tuk kind of bicycle thing. And we, we pedaled down towards the dockyard. And hey, lo and behold, guess what? The ship is gone. <laughs> it's long gone. And... Uh, I'm looking around. I talked to this guy. He says, oh, there's a port agent for this sort of stuff and he can help you, but he's out for the rest of the day. So I'm stranded and I'm losing it. And I asked Kana if she knows where I can charge my phone. Uh, so she takes me back to that chicken shack where we had the drinks. And again, I'm, I'm still in massive pain here. Uh, so I, you know, tip the waitress five bucks to let me charge my phone. It gets to like 10% and I look at it and realize I had over a hundred unread missed texts. I had 30 to 35 missed phone calls. I had dozens of voicemails. Cam and Colin had been trying to reach me for the last nine hours. Okay, nine hours they were looking for me. So I finally get on the phone. Who knows how much this is gonna cost me, right? And I try calling Cam and Colin, but no, there's no service on their phones out in the middle of the water. That doesn't happen. So I end up calling America. I call my mom and she's just panicking. You can imagine she's freaking out. She tells me that Cam's mom was calling her because he called his mom and said I was missing. The police in Barbados are looking for me everywhere. Everyone's freaking out. I said, listen, I'm safe. Uh, I explained what happened. And Kana was nice enough to take me to the police station where I actually had them get in touch with the cruise ship and see if it would come back 
and get me and pick me up so I could continue my vacation. And, uh, you know, the police are just laughing. You know, they're like, they're, you know, you blew it. They're, they're making fun of me. They say this stuff happens occasionally. You know, one officer, he actually reaches the, the port agent I was mentioning earlier. And he says, you know, can you just talk to this guy? And the port agent comes down and says, hey, man, there is absolutely no way this ship is coming back for you. So I'm stranded in Barbados on the second day of my senior trip. <sighs> port agent tells me I have a couple options. One, I can take a ferry to this little town called St. Vincent, where then I would book a flight to the next ship port, where the next stop the cruise was making, which is in Martinique, another Virgin Island. So when I arrive there, I can rejoin the cruise ship there. But I would have to leave Barbados immediately. Um, so I looked the trip up on, on my phone, and it, it looks like it's going to take me like 9 to 10 hours to get to Martinique, as I have nothing with me. I'm missing a contact lens, remember? Uh, and all my stuff, all my luggage, everything is on board the ship. So all I have with me is my passport, thank God, some credit cards, and that's it. And then not only that, the trip, which includes like a ferry and three bus rides, and then the airplane flight would have cost me over $1,000. That's if I even made the flight the next day. Okay, if I made it at all, I'm still looking at over a grand. So, my other option. I'm able to change my plane ticket home which was leaving in five days out of Miami and fly back for just a little over $800. <sighs> so not to mention that I'm going to have to pay the cruise to ship my luggage back to Pennsylvania. And that's going to cost me about $350. So I'm losing it, right? Uh, I call my mom again. I ask her what I should do. She is just pissed off. You know, she lays into me, says I'm I'm not responsible, I don't focus, all this kind of stuff. You know, she says I need to learn a lesson from this and I should just come back home. Uh, there's really nothing I can do. So I booked a ticket and I went back to Philly with my tail between my legs. <laughs> I missed the entire senior cruise. I spent all my money and needless to say, I was completely embarrassed about the whole thing. Um, so <laughs> that's it. Before I left, I actually asked Kana I said, hey, you know, what had happened the night I slept over at the apartment, maybe at least hoping we had some fun. And she sort of tells me that I basically got so drunk that when we went to her apartment, I fell and I sort of hit my head and I was out for the rest of the night. So was that worth throwing away two grand on a cruise I didn't get to go on, 800 bucks on a plane ride and $350 in shipping fees? You tell me. Oh, by the way, Cam and Colin, they stayed on the cruise. And they let me know the minute they got back on the ship from Barbados, they met a crew of girls our age from Tennessee, and they hung out with them for the rest of the vacation and had the time of their lives. So I'm never going on a cruise again. Thanks, Daniel. At least you didn't come home with a nasty sunburn. Next up is Marla, who saved up all of her vacation money to travel on a cruise ship in the Baltic Sea. But when things got a little out of control, she ended up in a part of the ship that she never knew existed. I always wanted to go on a cruise. I decided that if I was going to go out on the water, I should see some pretty places. So the Baltic Sea cruise was perfect. I'm a dental hygienist and I always wanted to go to Copenhagen and the small towns in Germany and all that. So I booked a solo cruise for myself through a local travel agent who was 
by far the cheapest option in my hometown. <laughs> the minute I got on the ship, I saw why. I was near the top of the boat and towards the front, which the agent told me was going to be better since it had the best views and all that. What my travel agent forgot to tell me was that the higher decks and the more forward decks are by far the rockiest rooms on the ship. Here I was dreaming of my Titanic moment where some mystery man is holding me on the bow of the ship as we sail off into the sunset. And instead, I was nauseous and on the verge of vomiting in the middle of the first night. So I go to the bathroom, which by the way is called a shoilet because it is a combination shower toilet. Needless to say, I threw up a few times and tried to sleep. It was terrible. The next morning, I went to ask to remove rooms, and I presented it as a medical issue due to my stomach issues, and they told me that I had two options, but what they were offering was top secret and not to be discussed with anybody. The young man and woman tell me that there are two places I can move. Another top deck room, which would be just as topsy-turvy, or way down below deck where the actual ship employees sleep and there is virtually zero motion. They said there were a few empty cabins where I could choose to move, although they'd be much smaller than my old room. They also said that if I chose that option, I would not be allowed to tell anybody and that they only do it occasionally for passengers who are truly suffering from motion sickness. Since I could not handle another night in this rocky room, I decided to suck it up and go below deck where all the bartenders, the entertainers, the dishwashers are staying. This was a big mistake. The first thing I noticed when I get to my room is that my room was connected to another one. And then suddenly I was now sharing a bathroom with a dishwasher named Isaac. And this bathroom was way smaller than the toilet that I had all the way upstairs. In fact, it was basically just a toilet. The shower was practically above it and it essentially doubled as a sink. Isaac and I kept running into each other in there and I just had no idea what to do. I slept better that night because it wasn't as rocky, but I also decided that I was going to change rooms again once I got up the next day. I couldn't share a bathroom. Well, it turns out the next day wasn't so easy. There were over a thousand employees on this cruise ship and they were all on the bottom four floors. And most of them all had to be up and working before the passengers woke up. So around 5 a.m., I just heard madness. People were getting ready, yelling, running through the halls. Isaac was up and showering and making weird grunting noises in the sink. I was not happy. So I waited for the morning rush to be over, and then I just couldn't go back to sleep. It was miserable. Anyway, I went to see if I could switch cabins again, and they informed me that my old room had been given away to another passenger, and that my only other option was to stay in my employee area below deck. So... Now I was stranded. I did my best to have fun. I ate at the pizzeria, I had a glass of wine, I met a few nice ladies who were from Florida, but ultimately being in the lower decks of the ship was wearing on me. And then the unthinkable happened. Around 4 a.m. the next morning, I hear someone unlocking the door to my room. I woke up startled and suddenly the door to my cabin burst open. These two security guards are there and they scream at me not to move. I start losing it. I have no idea what's going on. I hear more noise in the adjoining cabin, and I realize that Isaac is in there getting harassed too. They start grabbing my hands, putting them behind my back, and I'm just screaming, crying, wondering what is going on. They tell me to keep quiet, and the next thing I know, Isaac and I are being escorted down the hall to another deck where we were, and I swear to God, put in a cruise ship holding cell. They called it a brig, but it was basically a cruise ship jail cell. 
It didn't have any bars or anything, but it had the feel of a prison, a cot and a toilet. I had no idea what was going on. About 20 minutes later, this policeman or security guard comes into the cell and sits down with me and says, they cannot find any record of my employment on the ship. I tell him that I'm actually a passenger and he starts freaking out. He says passengers are not allowed in employee quarters and all that. And he's wondering how I got down there. I tell him about moving cabins and he becomes really concerned. I ask him what's going on. He tells me in more ways than one that Isaac, my adjoining roommate, was caught on camera stealing money from a guest's purse that had been left on a table. There was another female suspect who had been stealing from a tip jar at the same restaurant. So as they apprehend Isaac, they had secured the adjoining room so that he didn't try to go through the toilet and get out that way. When they saw that I was a female, they assumed I was the one on the camera. It was all a big mistake. Isaac was fired and charged with theft and I was released, but I was told I had to return to my original cabin. So they take me back to the front desk area and this policeman asks how I ended up in the employee quarters and the young man and the woman who told me to move to the employee quarters are now claiming they don't know. The woman accused me of having an affair with an employee. I'm like, absolutely not. I had to defend myself, so I like snitched on them. And I told them that they were the reason I was below deck. So they both get fired. The director of the ship gets involved and tells me I have to move back to my old cabin and I mentioned that I had been told that it was filled. They do some research and they find out it was not filled. A few of the employees, including the two front desk clerks, had been using it as a secret hookup and party spot since I left. I got forced back to the top deck room, which is full of beer cans and unkempt and I demanded that it be sterilized and cleaned. They did that and the cruise director repeatedly apologized and they even issued me a 50% refund and $500 worth of credit for the remainder of my trip, which was nice. I felt bad that the two employees lost their jobs, but I wasn't exactly happy that my room had been turned into a frat house party brothel. I got sick again that night in the cabin, but it wasn't as bad as the first night. I kind of got used to the rocking motion after day four and I actually got to spend a nice afternoon in Copenhagen, my dream. Still, I was never comfortable in that room. I could only think of what went on in there while I was way down below deck. I also saw a lot of the employees pointing and looking at me as the trip continued. They were whispering and gossiping and I could not wait to get off that ship. When I got back, I told all of my patients about how I had spent 20 minutes in a cruise ship prison and the story got a good laugh every time. <laughs> I did some research on cruises in general and there were a ton of similar tales about employees being fired for having relationships with passengers, using vacant cabins for personal pleasure, stealing, losing jobs for being drunk, etc. It was crazy. I'm happy I got to see Copenhagen, but I will never set foot on a cruise ship again. Thanks, Marla. Although I never needed to know what a shoilet was. Our third and final story comes from Chase. We've heard about being marooned on the Caribbean and being sequestered in the employee quarters, but now let's move into the Midnight Buffet and a story about how you should not go chasing waterfalls. I was never that passionate about cruise ships, and I certainly would not have chosen to go on one, but my grandparents took our family on a four-night Mexican Riviera cruise when I was a sophomore in college. 
over my spring break week. It was their 50th wedding anniversary and they wanted the whole family to go on a cruise together. This was back in 2015 and I was sort of bummed, mainly because all of my sorority sisters were going to Cabo for spring break and I was going to a place called Ensenada, which is definitely in the crappier part of Mexico, and I was with my grandparents. So I asked if my boyfriend Carter, who I was dating at the time, could come and they said, No, so it was my grandparents and me and my younger brother and my mom and my dad and Carter went to Cabo. We took off on a Thursday and we were supposed to spend a day cruising and then get to Ensenada and then cruise again and then make our way back into San Diego. And I quickly found out that I was going to be sharing a room with my younger brother who is 14. I was 21 and I was at the height of my college partying days. You know how college is? I was used to going out every night and getting after it with my girls and my boyfriend and this was just, this cruise seemed like it was gonna be the worst idea. I settled into my room and my brother was gaming on his iPhone so I just went out and explored. The thing is, my grandparents, they had this whole trip mapped out and they planned it for everybody and we were having breakfast at 7 a.m. and we were playing ping pong at 2 and then we had to be at dinner at 6 in a certain dining room and I was like oh my god I just want to drink margaritas and tan by the pool. So after lunch I decided to get some sun and I went to lie out near one of the pools since it was the first day they were having two for one drink specials so I got two margaritas and I asked for doubles and I was a pretty good drinker in college so I didn't think it would affect me too much and I swam and then I got buzzed and I fell asleep in the sun and when I woke up I had a pretty bad sunburn and I was definitely hurting from the drinks but it wasn't that bad. I went to the bar and I got two more. I knew I had to be at this anniversary dinner at six so eventually I went to sleep it off for an hour before we had to get formally dressed to go celebrate my grandparents big anniversary. I was so not interested in going. I just wanted to go get street tacos from a sidewalk vendor and go back to bed but my mom and dad dragged me out at 5 30 to get ready I put on a sundress and we went up to dinner. I noticed that my mom wasn't thrilled with my disheveled appearance. She scolded me for being underdressed and disrespectful and all that. I was just happy there was a small amount of Wi-Fi on the ship and I was sending DMs and Snapchats to my sisters who were all lit up in Cabo and I was telling them how much this cruise sucked. My grandparents got a bottle of champagne and we all toasted to their longevity and it was pretty cool. They were having a 50th anniversary so we all had a sip and then I ordered a margarita to drink with dinner and we ate and talked and I had one more margarita before I realized I was pretty blasted. Eventually my grandparents went to bed around 7.30 so I had free time to myself and my brother, he went back to the cabin to play some dumb video game. And my parents went up to a cocktail lounge. I had heard there was a club on the ship that opened at like nine, so I joined my parents and had a few drinks before the club opened. My parents were not happy with me. They started going in on me about drinking and and why I was getting after it so hard. And I was like, guys, I'm in college. I am stranded on a cruise ship with my grandparents for spring break. All my friends and my boyfriend are in Cabo living it up and I'm eating the blue plate special all this shit and they called me spoiled and ungrateful and that kind of pissed me off but all I wanted to do was just be with my sorority and my boyfriend until I checked my DMs just before I went to the club. So my friend Joanna wrote to me that my boyfriend Carter had totally fooled around with some girl from TCU the night before. She says they were making out in plain sight at this beach bar and then he took her back home. And all the sorority confronted him and he denied it. But then later they cornered the girl and she said, yes, 
Yes, they had fooled around. And then he didn't mention he had a girlfriend. I was shattered. I DM'd him some choice words and I told him basically to go F himself and that we were done. And he responded with something like, don't believe what you hear, but I was done. So I went to this club and I met this boy named Marcus who was also on a cruise with his family. And we started dancing and my panties were showing and I just didn't care because I was a hot mess and I was determined to make the most out of this stupid cruise. Marcus and I drank some more and we made out in front of all these strangers and it was ridiculous, but it made me feel better for a second. And then we went to a booth and we did some tequila shots and we fooled around some more and I sent some more like Snapchat images to Carter and my friends of us making out and I just did not care whatsoever. And then around 1130, Marcus tells me, we have to go upstairs to the midnight buffet which is upstairs because they have this awesome champagne waterfall. A champagne waterfall is like a stack of 150 champagne glasses and they pour the champagne onto the top one and it cascades down onto all the other glasses that are at the bottom and when it's all filled up, everybody gets a glass and they drink it. And it was at this time that I realized I was so drunk and I was like, yes, let's go do that. So I barely made it upstairs to this midnight buffet and they're like, hmm. 35 people there in the center of the room with this towering champagne waterfall. At midnight, this waiter starts pouring booze in and it's kind of cool and I send snaps out again and Marcus sort of takes care of me. He's only drinking beer and I've been drinking since two, so he's way more in control. And you know how they say don't do dumb stuff on social media when you're intoxicated? Well, apparently the snaps that I had been sending to Cabo were being shared everywhere and Carter saw them and he got pissed and he started sending me all these pics of him and his bros with these cute girls and I started to cry and my makeup started to look like that champagne waterfall and I was so upset and sad and I felt so dumb for trying to drink the pain away and I just wanted to go home. And Marcus was trying to get me to drink some water but he... I don't know, I thought it was spiked or something and I don't really remember this part, but apparently I pushed him away and he got upset. All I know is the next thing I did was stumble and fall directly into the waterfall champagne table, knocking over a hundred full glasses of champagne all over the people, the waitstaff, the table, myself. The glasses were going down like dominoes or something and I had destroyed the entire thing. Marcus quickly picked me up and made sure I was okay and I had a pretty big cut on my leg but otherwise I was lucky that I escaped further injury. I was so embarrassed and I just like stared straight ahead and I prayed that nobody had caught that incident on video. An employee picked me up and carried me to the back where he got out a first aid kit and then he tended to the cut and he said I probably needed stitches. It didn't help that I was bleeding profusely because unbeknownst to me, when you're drunk, your blood thins and blood flow is way harder to control because it doesn't coagulate as well. Eventually, I had a bloody gauze-filled pad around my leg and I went back to the room and passed out. I woke up with a ton of blood all around the foot of my bed and I almost couldn't remember how I'd even got the cut. You can imagine how hungover I was when I went to breakfast at 7 and I had a bloody leg for everyone to stare at. A ship doctor came over to our table and he told me that I was lucky because the glass had missed everything but the flesh. And he informed me that I needed to get stitches in Ensenada and that I would be fairly inactive for the rest of the trip. So long story short, I got my leg stitched up in a makeshift clapboard hospital in Ensenada and the nurse looked like she was 15 and she gave me direct orders which I still remember using my remedial Spanish uh, to, to understand it. She said, 
no está permitido nadar baja el agua ni beber alcohol durante el resto de la vacaciones. Which translated to, you are not allowed to swim underwater or drink alcohol for the rest of the vacation. I was crushed. We had a big family beach day plan that I basically missed. I was unable to have a cold beer or a margarita or anything. I couldn't go to the cruise ship pool on board. Oh, and it was probably 115 degrees outside. I apologized to my parents and to my grandparents. I felt so small and terrible. I spent the rest of the vacation reading a book in the room next to my video game addicted brother. Oh, 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 oh. And can you believe this? This is the best. When I got back home, Carter tried to get back together and said it was just a, a spring break fling and that it didn't mean anything at all. But I was done with guys like Carter. And I later found out that my grandparents covered the damage for the champagne disaster and it was close to 500 bucks. I promised them I would pay them back and I would never do anything like that again and I wish them happy anniversary. Oh, and the only good news was that Carter got an STD. Thanks, Carla. And I'm sorry that your relationship was shattered. Well, now that the ships have docked, the lines are tied and the anchor is away. Let's move on to Andy's travel tips. Travel tip number one, set alarms when you go anywhere, especially on small islands in the Caribbean. Make sure that no matter how much you imbibe, you get back to the ship on time. Travel tip number two, do your travel research. If you go to a bargain basement travel agent to save a few bucks, chances are you'll find yourself in a bargain basement room or location. Don't let them tell you where you should be staying. You can make that decision yourself. Travel tip number three, never get on social media when you're fully intoxicated on vacation. You may misunderstand a situation and make things much worse than it really is. Social media is a dangerous tool and can make you believe anything. So look at it when you sober up the next day. Otherwise, you may end up doing something you regret. Until next time, Thanks for listening to Welcome to Paradise, It Sucks. And don't forget to write a review or leave a rating wherever you get your podcasts. In this glamorous and inscrutable world of podcasting, it really does help us out. While you're doing internet stuff, you should go ahead and follow me at Let's Not Meet Cast on Instagram for any updates on upcoming episodes. And check out my other shows, Let's Not Meet, a true horror podcast, Odd Trails, and the old time radio cast, all at crypticcountypodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. They're very, very good. If you've got the worst vacation experience ever, we want to hear about it. Email us at welcome to paradise it sucks at gmail.com. Welcome to Paradise It Sucks is a collaboration between Cloud 10 Media and Cryptic County. The executive producers are Andy Tate and Sim Sarna. The producers and writers are Zach Selwyn and Devin Ruskin. The audio engineer is Rudy Pavich. We'll see you next time. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.